Well, it's another edition of the uh, Boilers Extra podcast on this uh, Saturday morning, and my computer clock tells me it's 3.59 in the morning, uh, East Coast time, which would make it uh, 12.59 out here in Portland, and we're here to rehash uh, Purdue's uh, resounding 84-66 victory over Gonzaga. Uh, Purdue improves 3-0 against Gonzaga all-time, but also uh, this moves Purdue into the championship game of the Phil Knight Legacy, where they'll play another blue blood, blue, blue blood program in, in Duke uh, on uh, Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. That game will be on ABC. Uh, so Purdue has picked up two wins out here in Portland in different fashions, um, but as I wrote at, at, at jconline.com, um, the, the presence, the veteran presence, and they're just freshmen, but the veteran presence of Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith really stood out in this game. You know, Purdue couldn't do anything offensively early. Uh, got behind 12 to 4, 14 to 7. Um, they were firing up threes, but you could tell that. Fletcher Lawyer knew how to get Purdue through this. And it wasn't all about hitting shots because, I mean, he did. He hit some three-pointers there in the first half to kind of help Purdue claw back into it. But just his overall game, getting the ball in the right spot, not uh, allowing the missed shots to affect him the next time he was ready to shoot, and he was ready to shoot. Um, it just, you know, you can see it at, out on the court. You can see it and you can feel it. Um, you had a feeling that Purdue would be okay, even though all signs pointed to them getting run out the door, uh, in a hurry against, uh, one of the, one of the best programs in the country, but also one of the best teams in the country, uh, who have, who have probably the, uh, strong candidate for player of the year and drew Timmy and some other pieces there that uh, make them, that will make them a, a national championship contender, a Final Four contender, and, and one of the nation's best teams this year. So Purdue is on the verge of getting run out of this in a hurry. And the combination of Lawyer and Smith, and, and Smith, uh, Smith's impact came um, probably later in the second half. Um, now he had an impact throughout the whole game, but it probably came later in the second half as Purdue was uh, trying to maintain its double-digit lead, and they actually built on it. And uh, his ability to get in the lane, feed Edie, feed Caleb first, feed wh- whomever, um, you know, kept the pressure on Gonzaga to, to, to score every time they had the ball because, you know, Purdue was scoring. Purdue wasn't going to let up. They were relentless uh, with their offensive game uh, tonight, uh, or yesterday, I guess it is. Um, but those two just had a, you know, there's just something about those two. Uh, you know, Matt Painter has said they're they're well beyond their years, and I think they proved it and showed it uh, in this game. Now, it helps to have a guy like Zach Eady, who really, you know, got off to a, a poor shooting start had a couple shots blocked, which we don't see a whole lot. He started one for five, and uh, he finished 
9 of 11 for 23 points. Um, had a lot of dunks, a lot of you know passes fed to him by Smith and others and Lawyer. Uh, so you know, it helps to have Edie. It helped to have Caleb first, who had eight points in a three-minute stretch with a dunk, a three-pointer, and a layup. Um, and and I, we've I've talked about this before and written about it. And I, I think we saw some of it tonight is when Purdue's frontline guys, first Mason Gillis, and to some extent Trey Kaufman-Wren, when they can hit three-pointers and give Purdue that threat that that puts a lot of stress on the defense and just opens up the floor for other players to do other things. You know, Gillis hit two threes. You know, Caleb hit a three. And when your bigs are hitting those threes, and, you know, this was the effect that I thought that this lineup could have on teams. And it just it, it puts a defense in a bind because uh, what do you do? You got Zach in the middle. You've got perimeter. You know you've got post players out on the perimeter, whether it's First or Gillis or Kaufman Wren, and they are a threat to hit a three pointer, not just shoot them, but hit them. And when they did that tonight, it just it, you know produced in a. I don't, you know, this is a bit of a cliche, and I, it was used a lot last year because Purdue had so many offensive weapons, but it was a pick-your-poison type of thing. And when you had Jaden Ivey, you had Trayvon Williams, and you had um, some of these other guys uh, last year, Stefanovic, um, and even Brandon Newman coming off the bench, you had a, a, a wide variety of guys who could, take over a game from a scoring standpoint. And Purdue has the same elements. They're probably not as flashy as last year's elements were. You know, this is a team with very good players. This is a team that um, right now is doing a lot of things right. Um, You know, even though they had 18 turnovers against West Virginia, and that number got down to eight today, against Gonzaga, but, you know, this is a team that doesn't, uh, not everything is centered around what they do offensively. Um, they're, they're better defensively, I think. Um, and they're better in kind of recognizing, uh, things quicker, if that makes sense. And, and it helps to have the guards that you have. Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer. Now they're five games into their career and anointing them all American status at this point, you know, isn't, isn't the thing to do, but the upside is tremendous. I mean, it just, it just really is. And, you know, Purdue faced the team uh, in Gonzaga that didn't pressure them like West Virginia. Uh, It was more free flowing game, especially to start the second half. Uh, and that played into Purdue's, uh, what Purdue wanted to do and what Purdue could do. But this team is better defensively. They defend a little bit better than, not a little bit, they defend better than what last year's team uh, did. And, they, you know, and I thought one of the key things they did in this game was they played good defense, but then they finished off the defensive possession with a rebound. They had 
33 defensive rebounds in this game. And Gonzaga had eight. Is that right? Eight or six? I can't read it. I have the score sheet for the first time in front of me, and i got to put it under the light here. They had eight offensive rebounds. Two of those were team rebounds. So they had six individual offensive rebounds. And they had six points off offensive rebounds. But Purdue cleaned up. You know, the whole thing about playing defense is you got to get the rebound to really finish off the possession. And Purdue did that multiple times in this game, especially during key stretches when Gonzaga was missing, Purdue was getting the rebound, and Purdue was able to get into its offense um, a, a little bit quicker than normal. Um, and I, I thought that was a, a key element to this game, just how Purdue rebounded the ball. They ended up out-rebounding Gonzaga by 15. That's a... Huge stat in Purdue's mind. You know, with the eight turnovers, uh, they didn't give Gonzaga a lot of extra chances to to score and to dictate the game that way. And similar to West Virginia, when Gonzaga made a run, and they did, Purdue answered uh, with big plays and big shots. Not not like West Virginia, but, when you know, once Purdue got its double-digit lead and they were able to, you know, to trade baskets with them, but Gonzaga would get a little bit of a run. Um, you know, early there in the second half, Purdue got out to a lead, and here comes Gonzaga back. They get within one, then Purdue answers, and they get control of the game back and uh, eventually, you know, push that lead up to to 20 uh, late in the game, but it was in the, in the 12, 13, 14, 15-point range for a lot of the second half. Um, and that's a that's a good sign for this team. Now, Purdue, Purdue's playing – Purdue played well tonight in, in a lot of facets. They played well against West Virginia, other than the turnovers in a lot of, a lot of areas. Um, now, you know, what can they do against Duke, which, you know, across the board is going to be more talented than Purdue. You know, they just have – They've recruited, you know, high-level players, um, but it doesn't mean that they're guaranteed anything. So, I mean, Purdue's in a really good position for Sunday because they've already got two wins in this thing, you know. And I thought if they come out of if they came out of this tournament two and one, um, that they would be in good shape. You, you know, they're going to play three Power Five teams. They're going to play two teams that are going to win a lot of games in their conferences, Gonzaga and Duke. I mean, they just are because they're they're that good. And Purdue's going to pick up a lot of, you know, bonus NCAA net points because of that. And, you know, I expect them to come out and hold their own against Duke, uh, the way they're playing. Uh, and, uh, you know, it should be, um, it should be a really good game on Sunday and, you know, I, w- I would expect nothing but, you know, the, the teams do get a day off, so it's not three straight days of games, so they get a, a Saturday off and then come back Sunday and, you know, see what they can do, see if they can they can win a championship here early. They did last year uh, out in Connecticut at the Hall of Fame tournament, but that was the only championship that team won. And, you know, while these early season tournaments are nice to win, it's the early, it's the learning experiences that are really going to hold value for for a team like Purdue, and for a team that you know still has shortcomings. 
This is not this is not a perfect team. This is a team that still has its share of shortcomings because the consistency in the turnover department hasn't been there because it's been six against Marquette, eighteen against West Virginia, eight against Gonzaga. What is it against Duke? You know, the perimeter shooting hasn't been inconsistent. You know, tonight they're ten of twenty six. You know, they started one of eleven, I think. They, they from the field overall they were two of fifteen. So they, they got they got that part, you know, straightened out. You know, rebounding has been somewhat consistent, but not all the way. And we're and we're still in game five. So Sunday will be game six for them. And there's a long way to go. Um, but you, you can't not be unhappy with the way this season has started. Uh, because there were there were unknowns, there were question marks because you were starting two freshmen, uh, even though they are very talented and um, don't play like freshmen. They're still freshmen. They haven't been through this thing. You know, the true test will come in the Big Ten season. True test will come when they're they go to Florida State next week on the road. Even though Florida State is struggling, it's a true. You know, it, it'll be Purdue's first true road game. You know, tonight was a, a pseudo road game because Gonzaga had a lot of fans here, but Purdue had its share of fans as well. So what happens when they get out on the road, when they go to Florida State? Uh, and then you're getting into Big Ten play, which is a whole different animal, uh, especially in January when the, the tough games uh, come and come, come in a hurry. But uh, you can't be disappointed with the win. Uh, you can't be disappointed with how they played. You can't be disappointed how they recovered after the slow, the slow start. And you can't be disappointed how they finished the game. I mean, they... They, they forced Gonzaga to use all but one timeout, you know, into the second half. There was a period of time where Mark Few only had one timeout left because he was trying to, you know, stem what Purdue was doing. And, you know, Zach Eady put him in a bind. The the bigs on the perimeter shooting threes put him in a bind. Braid Smith put him in a bind. Fletcher Lawyer put him in a bind. You know, Lawyer and Smith combined for 28 points and 12 assists and uh, eight rebounds. That's that's a productive that's a productive game for two freshmen playing in their fifth game of the year. And Ethan Morton has been fantastic uh, in these two games. Uh, thirteen turnovers, or no, I'm sorry, thirteen assists and uh, no turnovers uh, against West Virginia and Gonzaga. Uh, Newman was big on the boards in this game. Um, Trey Kaufman ran, uh, battled on the boards. He battled inside. Got a couple shots to go down. Um, and then Mason Gillis just quietly has six points and seven rebounds. And his value for this team is something that has been talked about and written about a lot. And it's not going to change. He's, he's such a valuable commodity out on the floor uh, for Purdue. Uh, but you've got other guys that rotate in there and give, give opposing defenses different looks. And that's... Uh, that's kind of the beauty of this team right now, that you're just not – you know, last year when uh, Zach came off the floor, Travion came in, and he still played through the post. Um, this time, this year when Zach comes out, they don't necessarily play through the post. They don't have to play through the post. They can play through other people. They can play through other areas. And I, I think that's what could potentially separate this team from others once you get into Big Ten play. Um, because they can 
they can do different things with different lineups that they maybe could not have done last year. And I, I think that's something that could separate this team, you know, once it gets in the Big Ten play and once it, it, it eventually, you know, hits the postseason, you know, assuming everyone's healthy, assuming everyone's making the right kind of progress that they that they should make. All righty, well, uh, it's even later now. Um, anyway, thanks for stopping by. Uh, we'll uh, Purdue football on Saturday in a few hours, I guess. <laughs> we'll uh, take on Indiana. And uh, with Iowa's loss to Nebraska, Purdue can win the outright Big Ten West Championship and represent the, the division in the conference championship game. I don't know if that's good news for Purdue, at least the second part of it. The the better news is Purdue could, you know, hang a banner if they beat IU, uh, Big Ten West champs. The other equation is that you would have to go to the conference championship game and play Ohio State and Michigan. If you're picking the lesser of two evils, um, you know, I, I think Purdue would rather play Michigan. Uh, Ohio State really uh, is a dynamic offense and just – you know, they see blood in the water with Purdue secondary, and I, I just have a feeling that game would get ugly in a hurry um, because of what Ohio State can do in the passing game, and that's not something that um, I'm not sure Purdue wants to experience. Now, they still have to beat Indiana. I think, you know, this is going to be Indiana's game. They, they're they going to thrive in the opportunity to take Purdue out of the Big Ten West and get the bucket back. And what kind of Purdue team is going to show up? Are they going to be ready for the moment? Or are they going to be tense and tight, knowing what's at stake? You know, Jeff Brom has not, his teams have not, uh, historically, since he's been at Purdue, performed well in this role. When they've been a, a big favorite, 10 point, 10 and a half, 11 point favorite, they haven't performed particularly well uh, in this role. They've performed better as an underdog. Uh, so this is a huge test in a lot of way, and not that everybody over there is wondering about the point spread and all that kind of stuff, but it, it's the expectation of your heavy favorite, you're playing a team that is not supposed to be as good as you, and um, how do you handle that? Uh, and, uh, you know, this year Purdue has played how many close games? Basically all of them. So I expect Saturday to be no different. And you know, Devin Maccabee's status uh, will be likely a game-time decision. You know, he suffered a concussion last week. Uh, but I'm I, pretty sure he's on the trip. Uh, and I, I was told he did some some stuff on Wednesday at practice. So I would say the trend line is pointing in the right direction, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean anything until he actually – uh, gets out there. Branson Dean won't play. Gus Hartwig won't play. Uh, and so Purdue's going to have some new faces again on the offensive line and on the defensive line uh, to try to deal with the Hoosiers running game and their running quarterback. But anyway, Purdue and IU on Saturday, kickoff at 3.30. Uh, Sam King uh, will be covering the game. So give him a follow on Twitter and social media to, to stay up to date. Um, don't know if we'll do a podcast late Saturday night after the game, but definitely we'll come back on Sunday after Purdue plays Duke here in uh, Portland 
and recap uh, not only that game, but, you know, how the three games went, you know, what we see, what we learned, and uh, what it means going forward uh, for this basketball team. All righty, well, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it. Have a good morning or day whenever you listen to this, and uh, wish me well in trying to get some sleep uh, before the sun comes up uh, on Saturday morning.